I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Dirk with the back. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. The two one kid, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Nick, have you two seen one the son? Sa- Dang it, I missed that. <laughs> have you seen the Saw movies? I've seen some of the. I've seen some Saw. Okay, so the first, I think it's the first one. The most iconic one thing about Saw was let's play a game bath- or whatever. Oh yeah, let's play a game. But the bathroom scene, the dude's like chained up, and he's given a saw, and it's like, hey. You got to cut off your foot to get out to survive. Iconic. And I'm just being honest. I'm ready to cut off my ankle. <laughs> this is where I'm at. This Raise your I'm ankles right in the sky, everyone. If you are ready to cut off your ankle to give it to Luka Doncic, and it meant the Mavericks would beat the Clippers and go on to win the title, send us a tweet. Tweet at us and say, I don't know, send us a saw like gif on on Twitter. <laughs> There you go. Gross. Gross. All right. On the pod today, obviously, Isaac and I are going to break down the Mavericks. 122 to 130 lost the Clippers. Eight points does not make it seem as dire as it was during the during the game. But Mavericks only lose by eight. Obviously, Luka Doncic. Let's start here. Luka Doncic rolls his left ankle, not the ankle that he hurt during the season. So back in December, if you remember, he stepped on Kendrick Nunn's foot, rolled his right ankle, and he missed a bunch of games. This is a different ankle. Uh, He's dealt with ankle injuries on both sides. And uh, he limps off the court. Three minutes and 58 seconds left in the third quarter. The Mavericks are down like like double digits. Let's just say that. It doesn't really matter. Uh, Luka checks back in the beginning of the fourth quarter. So he misses the last four minutes of the third. And checks back in the beginning of the fourth quarter. Gives it a go. He was really he seemed really cautious during during that. He didn't really drive too much. He was being a playmaker. And then he checked himself back out after he realized on defense he was just a complete absolute liability on defense, even more so than normal. Checks out with 9 minutes. So he played for a good 3 minutes there, checked himself back out. Mavericks were down 15 at that point. And then uh, the rest of the game he didn't play. He walked out, walked with Casey Smith. We saw all the video. I'm sure you've seen all the video now of Luka limping around. Isaac Harris. Let's get my man a wheelchair. For Lu- I mean, Luca hopped all the way up that ramp, all the way back. I just know he's going to be able to dunk off. He's going to be able to dunk off his right leg coming out, out of this because he just if he keeps hopped up his calf muscle. Okay, here's here's my thing. All right, I'm kind of pissed because Mavs, Mavs Twitter, Mavs fans, I'm, I'm I'm frustrated because let's just talk about Casey Smith for a second. Casey Smith. Bachelor's degree from Arizona State University in 1992. He has a master's of science in athletic training from West Virginia University. He joined the Mavericks in 2004. 2004 as the head athletic trainer. Okay. Been with the Mavs long time. I didn't know we were getting the whole bio here. All right. Oh, I, I'm because I'm, I'm a little hot about this. Then he goes on. Now he's not even like the head athletic trainer. He was there through 2011, won the title, has his ring. Everybody praises how he's one of the best medical minds in the NBA. Worked for Team USA. Worked for Team USA. 
Then he turned his his uh, role turned over to he's now the director of player health and performance, and he's still associate athletic trainer. He still sits on the bench and everything. He's literally in all these huge conversations and decisions when it comes to basketball. When you when we talk about how it's like Donnie and Rick and all these guys, you know the the, the little club there making these big decisions for the for the organization. Casey Smith is a part of that. When Luka Doncic turns his ankle. And he leaves and he hops to the to the locker and he comes back and everything. There are numerous shots of him talking to Casey Smith. Casey Smith is there in the bubble. I talked to Casey Smith in the bubble for this Porzingis piece that I wrote for Mavs.com not too long ago. Casey Smith knows more about ankle injuries or anything about the human body than 99% of you guys listen to this podcast. He is not going to risk Luka Doncic on a basketball court for this franchise. He's not going to do that. So like... When I see Luca come into the game, what what right do I have to look at this and say, "Man, well this is stupid." And start like throwing all these like haymakers at the coaching staff, medical staff, organization, everything for putting him out there. I saw so many tweets, national Mavs fans, whoever it is. I'm like, "What? Okay, thank you for your doctor degree from WebMD, all right? Like cool." But Casey Smith knows what he's doing, and they're not going to put him out there. They're not going to risk him if if it, if he could hurt it worse or anything. So why can't we just trust the people for what they went to school for and what they know? There you go. This is a much larger conversation about how we, maybe in America, maybe everywhere in the world, maybe this is a worldwide thing, do not trust those in power and do not trust the credentials of those oh, in power. No. I, Don't even go how, there. The president not with of the, Casey. No, of the United you're not States. gonna compare Casey no, 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 Smith no, no, no. to freaking Donald Trump. Come on, stop. You know what I'm saying. The people in power people are used to people that have power to make decisions making wrong decisions so much. And to not, and to put the to put their own to put their own uh you know self interest ahead of the interest of somebody else. And we should think that Luka Doncic's health would be in the interest of the Mavs over you know, yes. Over it, you know, over him just going out there for one game, but her condition did not to. Anyway, bigger conversation. You don't want to get into that. <laughs> don't. I didn't want to get into that. But I think that I think that's a thing that we we've come to understand is that you know we don't trust necessarily those people. Uh, we talk about GMs, especially in sports. You talk about GMs. Everyone always knows better than GMs and coaches and all that kind yes. of stuff. So I think that I think it's all part of it. Um. I didn't think it was that bad, though, to be honest. Even, you know, like, yes, yes, trust Casey, trust Casey Smith and all that. Luca, he's definitely going to want to play. He went out there and he he went and tried and he limped around a little bit and he played and he was walking, you know, decent on it and he didn't really risk too much while he was out there, right? And it, it may have been more of Luca needs to understand that he can't play and needs to, to take himself out, right? But, you yeah. know, they approved it and they said he can go out there. They, under, they understood how bad it was and if he could make it worse and there's a risk anytime you walk out on the floor for sure. But I didn't think it was that bad. He went out there, he was able to, you know, walk around. He didn't really risk anything to me in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, when, when I first saw it, cause and how he cautiously holding, he played. Yeah. And I, I saw him, he was sitting on the floor. He's holding in, higher up on his ankle. I was a little worried. I'm like, dang, like I didn't like how it looked. And especially he didn't put weight on it, hop into the locker room. We, we saw that. But at some point, the conversation with Casey Smith and the medical staff, they they had to come to an agreement of, well, this is all about pain tolerance at this point. If it was going to be any type of like long-term damage or any of this stuff, they wouldn't have thrown him out there. 
So Casey Smith and them had to be comfortable enough of, all right, this is just pure pain tolerance for him at this point. So if he wants to give it a shot, which why, like, I'm watching him go back on the court. I when he came to the bench, my my dad made made a joke and was like, "Are we are we about to have a Willis Reed moment here?" Is this? <laughs> and then I didn't think he was going to come back in. Or a Paul Pierce starts, in the finals moment. Oh gosh, uh, that's what that's just, when, when you said wheelchair. That's immediately what I thought of. Is Paul Pierce getting wheeled out off the court after he pooped his pants? Maybe just the injury was an illusion, and he really used the bathroom. And that's why <laughs> he limped. He, he limped all. He hopped all the way to the bathroom. <laughs> but no, him coming back into the game, man. I, I, I'll, I'll even say this: like this whole series so far, three games into the series, I feel like I've learned more about this Mavericks team and certain players on this team in these three games than I have all season. Seeing all, seeing the comeback. You know, being down 18 to two in that game, seeing how some of these role players are playing, seeing how Seth is playing right now, seeing KP kind of take up the load some, even in tonight after Luca in the fourth quarter tonight, seeing seeing Luca's like fight, you know, after the injury, seeing Luca go head to head with Kawhi. And even though, I mean, I've said, I still say Kawhi is the best overall player in the league, but seeing Luca go head to, like head to toe with head Kawhi, to toe. head to like, ankle. I, I just feel <laughs> like there's ankle. so many. There's so many points that I'm. I feel like I'm learning so much about them. And when he tried to play on it, and then he checked out, and he's like, "Hey, I couldn't do it." I I shook my head of nothing of why is he in the game. It was, wow, this dude's a fighter, and that's what you want to see as a 21 year old. He gave it a shot. He fought through that. Hats off to Luca, man. Yeah, it seems like everyone's split on things like that, right? Guys should guys should you know fight through injuries and they should you know be tough and all that. And some are like, oh, we need to be overly cautious. And if there's any chance that Luca could ever get injured, we don't want him and you know, save him for the future and all that. And you know, it just seems like people are, are split. Maybe not right down the middle, but definitely there's a section on both sides. Uh, all right, coming up, more on this game. Talk about Seth Curry, Porzingis definitely stepped up big in this game. Tim Hardaway Jr. We're talking about all that coming up. All right, Isaac Harris. So the Mavericks, they lose this game. Come out in the first quarter, 23-23 in the first quarter. Clippers score 45 points in the second quarter. Mavs score 31. They get outscored by 14 in that quarter. And then basically they never they never let up that lead. The lead never got lower than like eight after that quarter, basically. Uh, the Clippers won the, sec- won the third quarter, and then the Mavericks scored 37 points in the fourth quarter, a valiant effort basically without Luka all of it. And uh, the Clippers end up winning the game. Uh, can we talk about? Let's start here. The TNT broadcast director thinks that Patrick Beverly is like this all-time superstar type player because every single time the Clippers scored a bucket, they they showed Patrick Beverly on TV. <laughs> I, can we stop showing Patrick Beverly after every? It was starting to make me mad. How many times gotta, they're showing Patrick Beverly after a made shot? I mean, it was just like, it's, come on, show the guy that made this shot or something. Like, how many times is Patrick Beverly's gold chain gonna be on the broadcast? We have to put an over under on it. If if, Be- <laughs> if Beverly's out next game, I know we should count oh, it. <laughs> yes, over under camera panning to Beverly at eighteen and a half. Oh, it has to be. It a had to have been amount. more than that. This game, Good they Lord, showed him so much, so much, <laughs> so much on a broad. I mean, it was yeah, like he I mean, was LeBron. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh my gosh! I know that that you know Kawhi is boring and Paul George hasn't really played that well, so they got to show somebody. But especially with no fans there, I mean, they would definitely have to show LeBron. <laughs> the disrespect. Uh, at the beginning of the game, we obviously had. Montrez Harrell and Luka Doncic going back and forth. We had, you know, Montrez Harrell and Luka got called for double techs. 
Uh, we also had, by the way, we also had Paul George clap his hands at a ref, like over Ow. over his head, and that's not a tech, but apparently the punch in the air is Get a tech. It's so here. weird, the arbitrary, like, punch in the air is a tech. Uh, that would have been, been three techs in three games for Paul George, by the way. I do want to have a mini Paul George conversation on this pod in a little bit, but even that moment in the in, in this series, that's another thing we learned about this team that... They don't care who they're playing against. They're not going to back down from anybody. And I didn't watch the TNT halftime thing, but I seen some quotes that Chuck was saying about, uh, you know, Luca and KP and this this young Mavs team, how they're not going to be punked by this team, and they're not going to nope. back down from the trash talk and stuff like that. We That's did that from another... Game One with Marcus Morris and Porzingis, right? I mean, when, when with and Luca tonight, and all them, we KP we and... okay, we knew this from you know the whole regular season and seeing Luca and ever since the beginning of his going back and forth with Draymond Green and like all that stuff. I mean, we yeah. knew this already. We we knew it, but playoffs is a different level, and for them to, I mean. For Luca to stand over the top of Mancha's Harrell and tell him to stop flopping, I mean, yeah. come on, like that. Let, I mean, let's go. I mean, I was hyped for he, him. He was flopping too, man. I mean, he, oh, he was. He yes. throws Mancha's Harrell's game is he throws his body around. He's super strong. He's got really quick feet, like all that, all that kind of stuff. But I man, want him to he, be a Mav. So he, he flipped. Both Patrick Beverly and Montrezl Harrell, they have this exact same thing where you hate them if they're not on your team, but you'd love for them to be on your team, right? Yes. But in the words of Kyle Anderson, that is selling. <laughs> he sold that it is all. not flopping. Um, but even KP, KP and Marcus Morris, you know, they went um, nose to nose there. <laughs> that one point, that was a weird <laughs> moment because KP was like trying to get inside, like fired up, but then he was like trying to back off too. Uh, but no, I, I love the intensity of that first quarter. <laughs> that first quarter ended, and I was like, "Let's go!" Like that's a, just the yeah. first quarter. I felt like it was the fourth quarter already, and. So I, I just love that this Mavs team. Yeah, there's just so much stuff about this series so far in three games that I'm I'm happy about. Like I know they lost tonight, but I'm just happy about it because they're not getting punked. You know that they, they could have yeah. easily went into a series, and I'm sure there were some people out there outside of you know the Mavs fan base that probably thought this was going to be a four game series, easy four game series, or an easy five game series. And like I get it could still be five games, but still they're like they're fighting and. It's, yeah. They're proven that they're just not a they're you know they're not the Nets. It's not been easy for the the, the Clippers, right? I mean, especially game exactly, two, yeah. especially game two. Obviously, it has not been easy for the Clippers. They've had to fight. They've had to figure out their defense. I mean, the Mavericks still scored 122 points against this Clippers team that's supposed to have this god tier defense with all these wings and all that. I mean, Luca played under 30 I lo- minutes. I love how much you hate this other LA team, by the way. <laughs> Luca played. Luca played. On. I like all the players too, which is crazy. It's just the fact that it's the Clippers. I thought I thought Doc Rivers going to kill Shamit on the floor. I thought he was too. Larry like, Shamit, I thought had a, a good game. I thought he had a good game. He scored 18 points. He had that crazy banking three that like drove me nuts at the end of the the one quarter. But yeah, I thought I thought Doc Rivers was going to pull him out. He there, that's been a whole thing when we had Justin Russo on. Last weekend, he talked about how Landry Shaman and Doc Rivers have had this thing where he doesn't want to start him, but it seemed it was so obvious that Reggie Jackson was the weak link in that starting five in, yes. the, in game two that he had to switch him, and so he did. And I thought he, had, I mean, he had a really good offensive game. He had 18, he had 18 points. A, if you're a Clippers fan, are you worried? Do you about Paul you, George? If you're a Clippers fan and you cheer for your team, do you exist? Well, I was to say, no if one you are you. because there's nobody, there is no Clippers fan, but like. <laughs> Are you worried at all? Like, what's your like percent about the Paul George stuff? You, ha- I think you have to be worried because Paul George because is of how much you gave. 
how much you gave up for him for sure. But also, you're going against this Mavs team. It's not a good defense. Like they, this, like Paul George should be feasting on this Mavs team right now, and they're yeah. guarding him with Dorian, which I think that the the Mavs the Mavs idea is is similar to the Clippers. Like take away one thing. All right, we're gonna put our best defender on Paul George instead of Kawhi. Right, instead of putting Dorian on Kawhi, we're gonna put him on Paul George because we think we can take away Paul George easier than take away Kawhi. No one really takes away Kawhi, and so you. Throw Maxi on Kawhi because of the strength and that kind of stuff. But yeah, it doesn't matter. Either Dorian is taking, but the thing is, I think Paul George is missing a bunch of open shots too. He finished the game with 11 points. He was just a plus two in this game where they won by eight. Seven assists and nine rebounds for Paul George, though. But one of eight from three, three of 16 from the floor. Like his shooting is, they need that, Uh, especially, you know. I don't. I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they won't need it against the Lakers if they shot as bad as bad as they did in Game One against the Blazers. But yeah, I I think you're worried about Paul George for sure. I think I've seen Clippers fans on Twitter com- concerned about him. Yeah, that, that's my yeah. It's just they they form this duo together, and I mean I know as a Clippers fan you're probably looking at it and saying, hey, I'm a little worried, but we're up two one with Paul George doing hardly anything. Yeah, you can you can talk yourself into both ways, right? Exactly, but they're going to need him to to win a title if they you know, do go that route. But yeah, oh, what what else about the game from the beginning? The intensity was a, a huge takeaway. Intensity for me at the was good. Tied after tied after the first quarter. You know, in the second quarter we had um, man. It, to me, the Clippers are still just trying to take away the pass. That's just been their whole thing this whole time. They're like, let's try and keep Luca away from from passing. It seemed like in the first half, especially that second quarter, any passing lane that Luca had. Like if he was able to, they let him basically drive in the lane, and then he was met with you know switch defenders. A lot of times it was Zubat, and he like can't really score over him because he's seven feet and he's you know huge. But all the how does he not get called for crap? (laughs) I don't understand your soapbox. I don't understand it. Who like when did he when did Shaq die? Because he just turned into Shaq (laughs) where he doesn't get fouls called on. I I don't understand it. I just. It makes me mad. Are you thinking you're talking about verticality? Or are you talking about on defense? Anything. Everything. The dude can push KP in, in a box out. The dude could foul people on a shot. He never gets called for anything. And I just don't understand it. So but my point was that all the passing lanes are taking they're taking away the pass from Luca. And so all of his passes and kickouts have to be a little bit off. And you throw it over the corner, Maxi, and the pass is a little bit off. So Maxi can't just stop and pull up. You know, that they're able to the defense is able to recover and can you know contest a shot like that. Same thing for everybody. And so they're taking that away. And it's it's slowed him down. Mavericks obviously still scored 122 points and uh yeah. <laughs> it was still you know, they're still able to hit a whole bunch of threes against them, but that I think was was a game changer, and then the Mavericks defense is just brutal. Oh, I mean, atrocious! It's brutal, and people were asking on Twitter, "When are they going to start doubling Kawhi?" Well, that's not the answer either, because the, every single other player on this roster can take take advantage of a double, right? You know, they can you know move move with the ball, and they can you know get to a good spot. I mean, it's just it's kind of a you know this team is just so good, right? There's so many there's so many good yeah. players on this team that can take advantage of you in a different situation. I mean, we're uh, Lou Williams scored 10 points, right? This is a 20 point per game score. It only scored 10 points in this game. Like they just have so many options off of, you know, doubles well, and stuff like that. There's just not really a good answer. So I think they've tried to do a similar thing that the Clippers are doing to the Mavs is you try and guard Maxi one-on-one and you take away everyone else. Right. And then, so you put your best defender on Paul, P- on Paul, Paul Pierce, Paul George. <laughs> that was a Freudian slip. That was definitely warranted. Uh, you put your best defender on Paul George. And then, you know, 
you try to limit him as much as possible, and then you just live or die on, you know, Maxi and Kawhi. Kawhi scored 36 points, right? But KP scored 34, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. it's not like he completely destroyed the Mavericks. He was 13 of 24. That's 54%. One of four from three. So he's 50% on those, you know, mid-range jumpers, basically. Yeah, I mean, he had 36 with one three-pointer. I guess it's so more than 50%, but... I mean, I mean this this dude... Yeah, he's wild. But, I mean, it's, you were talking he about the He does it to everyone, hit, though. <laughs> I, no, yeah, yeah. It's not a Mavs thing. That's why I'm saying, like, he's the best overall player in the league. It's like, when he gets yeah. in these modes and he takes over... There's nothing like even the idea of putting Dorian on him in place of Maxi. You're just asking Dorian to foul out. Exactly. Like he is pushing Maxi to get to the like he's getting to wherever he wants. Yeah. On the floor with Maxi guarding him. But when you look at the other Would you say Maxi's the strongest player on the Mavericks? Right? Maybe maybe Bobon because uh, of the size, but Maxi's Maxi's big and strong and he's able to like stick with him. So if he's able to push Maxi around, like or Justin Jackson, the other, the other uh, players for, for the Clippers. Another good game for Marcus Morris, and I know I'd be I'd be down if he's a Maverick next year. He fouled out though, and he's also not great on defense. Like the Mavericks are able to take advantage of him on defense a lot. He's not bad though. I mean, they put him on Luca all the time. Luca drives around him all the time. He he does, but he's not horrible. So they he's another body that they can put on people. But he hit four threes tonight. Shamit hit three threes tonight. Yeah, you know Lou and Reggie Jackson both hit two threes each tonight. So that's where you're talking about if you try to double Kawhi and their guys are hitting threes like this. Kawhi, I mean Paul George missed seven threes. <laughs> they're but. hitting and they're they're hitting these threes and they're not doubling Kawhi. Imagine what would happen if he's able to hit passes when when they do right. Yeah. So, so there's just not much you can do with Kawhi when he gets in the zone like that, and especially when your best player in Luka gets hurt. And there, I'm sure there are other things you can do Kawhi, with Kawhi besides doubling and trapping things like that, but we're we're not basketball coaches. So. And, <laughs> and with Luka getting hurt, nor are we doctors, but with Luka getting hurt, <laughs> this is two out of the three games that we've missed KP or Luka in the fourth quarter. Right, so I mean, that, that's something you can hang your hat on there as a Mavs fan. You know? For sure, that these games have been at least semi close, and <laughs> that you know they've yeah. had at least chances. All right, coming up, we want to talk. I want to talk about. Let's just talk about Porzingis, Seth Curry, Tim Hardaway, mm. like the guys that Seth. tried down the end. Right, the guys that actually came up big. So let's end on a positive note. Talk about those guys having such good games coming up. All right, Isaac Harris, let's talk about Porzingis. 11 of 18 from the floor, 5 of 9 from 3, 7 of 7 from the free throw line, 13 rebounds, an assist, a huge block on Zubak in that fourth quarter. Oh, my Lord. 34 points. He was a minus 2, which is pretty good. Dorian was at plus 8, by the way, in the starting lineup. Uh, Him and MKG were the only positives in the plus minus. (laughs) Two minutes. Someone will do a breakdown video on that, plus plus 2, two assists. Porzingis, though. His third playoff game of his career came up huge in this game. I mean, people talked about Kawhi the whole rest of the game and how he was dominating, but Porzingis in his own right. I mean, he was he was on. 38 minutes for him. Yeah, my dad, uh, where I was watching with my dad, my dad said, why do I feel like I've heard Kawhi's name a thousand times when he only has two more points than KP? He said, KP has just as many points. It's because Chris Webber is like a terrible <laughs> <laughs> Terrible broadcaster. He was talking about such random things during this game. Trey Burke hit Kawhi with the craziest, the cr- the craziest fake in transition, and they were talking about something completely off topic. I was like, if you're not going to talk about one of the most exciting plays of the game, then I don't know. What are you doing? coming up next? I'll <laughs> tell you what. Trey Trey Burke 
is the best player to ever wear Iverson Reeboks. <laughs> Ten point three assists for Trey Burke, four of eight now, from the field. That play though, I mean, I, I he went into that that play, and I was thinking Kawhi's literally about to palm this on the backboard. Yes, same. And, <laughs> And he does he does this like fake Rondo pass, but then bounce pass back to I think Maxi or whoever, or maybe Seth. Incredible move by him. I, he he continues to play really really well and earn his spot, whether it's on the Mavericks or another team uh, coming out of the bubble. But every, Seth Curry though, every game for Trey Burke, I share a highlight, and I shared one. And every game, I get Sixers fans the quote tweet it and say, "Man, we got Raul Neto instead of this guy." <laughs> Hey, get off Neto. That's what Sixers fans say. I'm just saying that's what Sixers fans say. Seth Curry, 9 of 11 for the field, 4 of 4 from 3, which, by the way, Zach Cram from from, uh, The Ringer said that Steph Curry has never hit all of his threes in a playoff game. So, Seth better. 22 points off the bench for Seth. Three assists, only one turnover for him. But he was huge coming off the bench. I mean, I I would really like to see more from, from Seth Curry. In these next couple of games, what was that article that I sent you today? And I said this kind of surprises me as their answer. Who wrote that for Clutch? Like not the freaking Clutch, but like Clutch moments for the Mavs. I saw an article today. I want to. I want to say it was Habistro. Um, could be somebody else, but it, I read the article because it, it was a national guy who was saying, "Hey, like, why are the Mavericks so bad in the Clutch? And here's the solution for them in the Clutch." And so I was reading through it. I'm like, okay, I just want, I love when people like will put their name on what they think the solution is. Tom Haberstrow, NBC Sports. That's okay. And I was going down through it and I finally got to the point where it's like, hey, this is, this is how they can, you know, this is how they can change it. And his, his idea was get Seth Curry more shots in the clutch. I'm like, wow. I mean, we, we love Seth and we love him. Like for a national guy to write that and just watch it. And I read that literally earlier today then I see this game again and we love Seth Curry when it comes to the starting lineup and playing on this team that yeah I mean you can't hey you cannot come out of this game not wanting more minutes for Seth Curry for sure and more shots 11 shots for him he is fourth on the team in shots <laughs> yeah uh, yeah he definitely wants some more shots and attempts for him it just seems like he makes good things happen anytime he has the ball uh Tim Hardaway Jr. 22 points for him six rebounds two assists he had one really huge rebound in this game too uh, he was 9 of 19 from the field, 4 of 10 from, from 3, which is 40%. That's good. doesn't sound great, but it is. Uh, he was only a minus 3 as well. I thought that Porzingis, Hardaway, and Seth Curry, I thought that they just fought so hard at the end of this game. And they've been part of this lineup when Luka sits that is plus 45 in this series, by the way, uh, which I think is incredible. And they've been it's been so efficient when those guys share the ball and move the ball around. I think it's just it's been awesome to see those guys all work together. Yeah, that's I'm a positive because those guys are all on longer term deals except for Tim. So, like going forward, I think that that's you know, a huge positive for them to get this kind of experience in the playoffs and this success. The difference between Tim and Seth, I've, I have less moments with Seth than I'm saying. What are you doing with <laughs> Tim? With Tim, it's like one once every sixth time he touches the ball. It's he. You can almost tell it with Tim when he has the ball. Yes. And he starts hopping. He starts just. He wants it, and he's about to pull it, or he's coming off a uh, off a screen, and he's launching it. And I don't, I don't know what to think about. It, but towards the end of the game, man, he was keeping him in the game for for the most part, hitting some corner threes. Uh, I do want to mention this about Seth Curry. If I just did my math right, I think he's twenty of thirty one in this series from the field. It's pretty good shooting. 
by the way. So uh, I know they mentioned something about that. I heard somebody say they said something about it in the uh, local broadcast for Fox Sports Southwest, but um, we got to get more minutes for Seth somehow. But yeah, I, I'm happy for Tim and yeah, whatever, however we want to go in for Porzingis. Seth played just about 31 minutes. Um, anybody played more than him? Porzingis played 38. Tim Hardaway played 38. Maxi played 35. Dorian played 31. Seth played 31. Luca played just under 30. And Trey Burke played 16. So I don't know where else. Delon play. Oh, Delon. Delon played eight minutes. So give all of Delon's minutes to Curry. But some, I think they played together a little bit. So yeah. Well, the sum, the sum of Delon's work is. Rick Carlisle said it, he's he's trying. He, Rick Carlisle is trying hard to give Delon right praise, and he just keeps proving him wrong. Delon has moments. Delon has moments that he's great. He had positive moments in the last game. Yeah, he had a couple plays out there that really stuck stuck out. The big story, obviously, Luca. Looking forward, I mean, we have no idea. By the time you listen to this, you may know more than us. The Sunday game is early, by the way. It's 3.30 Eastern. That's 2.30 Central. So that's better for everybody in European countries that are listening to this that always are complaining that the games are at 3 a.m. for them. Yes. Uh, but that's Brad Townsend mentioned it. it's five and a half hours later than normal. So it, it, it's not nothing, right, that it's less time to recover. Early, between, earlier than normal. Yeah, 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 less time. Yeah, earlier. So... We don't know. We'll see. Uh, Luke he's getting is getting MRI tr- today. As you're listening to this on Saturday, yeah. he's mm-hmm. getting the MRI. We no, something will come it, out. They on got Saturday. it already. I think they they've done the MRI already, and they're waiting for the results. And they'll get him on Saturday while you guys are listening to this. So you guys may know a little bit more than us, but hopefully he plays. Hope I think we know after seeing tonight. I think everything uh, everything's pointing towards he's going to want to play, and we'll see. You know what they decide, and we're going to trust Casey Smith. Yeah, and you know, you when you look at the uh, post game comments about it, you know, Rick Carla opened up his press conference talking about it and saying, "Hey, we don't know the extent of it." He he briefly talked about the whole process of him coming off the floor and how Casey Smith and those guys gave him the okay, and he's like, "Hey, if they tell me okay, he can come in, then yes, he can give it a shot." Luca talked about it briefly in his post game. Um, Luca said, "It's like, lucky, lucky, it's my left ankle, not my right." That was what Luca said. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, that's, that's so funny. En- that's the way he thinks. That's encouraging, you know. So uh, that that's I mean, and even Luca started off saying it's not that bad, and so with him saying it's not that bad, I know it's just Luca. He wants to be positive about this. Still, it could be much worse than what it is. So, yeah, I mean. We just got to wait for the update on Saturday and go from there. For sure. I want to end on this. Tim Hardaway Jr. after the game was asked if the Mavs can still make a run in the series if Luka is unavailable. Tim Hardaway Jr. said this. What do you mean can we still make a run? It's only 2-1. Last time I checked, first one to four wins. That's the mentality. Woo, let's go, Timmy. That's the mentality right there, right? I mean, hey, we, we said at the beginning of this series, everything that the Mavericks do, anything positive is cake to this series. They've already overperformed. Yeah. They've already, you know, destroyed all of our expectations and there's a future ahead. Uh, and this, this Clippers team is a buzzsaw, right? This Clippers team has been less of a buzzsaw than we thought, right? The Mavericks have played, you know, harder against them than we expected and they've won a game already. So who knows what's going to happen? Uh, they've played pretty well without Luca when he's off the floor in these games. And so we'll see. Uh, there you go, guys. We'll be back with some more uh, post game pods on Sunday. And then we'll be back the rest of the week doing more. We'll see if this game, this series gets extended. But thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. He's out. Boom. Boom.